documents outside of the Gospels that even make an account of this whole event. The birth of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus. I mean, is this only a narrative that's in, within the Gospels? During the first century, is that I just need a model. I mean, in all of history, does any other book talk about Jesus? Yeah, of course. You go to bookstore, many authors write about it. But I mean, during the first century, his, his, historical documents outside of the, the Gospels that account, because I know the Romans kept wonderful records, and if this. No one, no non Christian during the first century mentions this. This is going to be very troubling for the church because in the Christian Bible it is presented as Jesus was an extremely popular figure, lines of people waiting just to meet him. And in fact, when he, what is called the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, thousands of people, I mean, this, you know, this would have been written, this would have been recorded by contemporaries, like Philo was, it would have been a contemporary. Uh, Josephus would not have been born yet. Josephus was born in a very auspicious year. He was, he was born in the same year that, that um, Pontius Pilate lost his authority, that Caligula becomes the emperor of Rome. The year is 37, so Josephus is not alive. But what will happen is that the church will insert a text into Josephus, into book 18, saying that, talking about Jesus, a rather small passage in the 18th book, which, um, uh, 1855, if you want, 1833, sorry, 1833, uh, where we have this um, so-called testimony. It's the most controversial text in, the, in Josephus, and it says that there was a man named Jesus, if you can even call him a man, because he did many great miracles, and so forth. Now, that was an invented, that's an interpolation, and we know when it, when it was interpolated. And it was interpolated in the 4th century, probably almost certainly by Eusebius, almost certainly the year 324. How could I know that? Well, we know that Josephus would have never written anything like that because Josephus was not a Christian. We know that. And in, in fact, a, a highly admired Christian um, uh, apologist, everything, probably the, most br- the brightest Christian church father in history, would have been Origen. Certainly was the most prolific. Jerome estimates that um, Origen wrote over 2,000 books in his lifetime. Um, well, as it turns out, no one ever quotes this. And, and um, Origen knew Josephus back when the quoted it all over the place. And in fact, there are numerous church fathers that are trying to defend Christianity from claims of it's all fake, it's not true, and so on. They would have loved to say here, Look at, Joseph, look at Josephus. We have a testimonium here, uh, testimonium Flavian, which says, so it appears nowhere. You know, um, Justin, that's mid-second century. He's having a whole fight with, with, with a Jew named Trifo. Not there. You know, Origen is fighting against a pagan, Calcium. He's, um, uh, um, you know, a whole book there, how he's responding to the charges that Christianity is a false religion, that would have been a great source. And, um, but uh, this, this passage in Antiquities is a forgery. And uh, Antiquities is one of the later books. I mean, in, in, in Josephus' earlier works, The War Against the Jews, which is written 20 years early, there's no mention of this. It doesn't exist there. It doesn't appear in Antiquities. And what's happened is, is there has been I, I'm disappointed in, in scholars today, 
in, in, in scholars of the ancient world. Because if, if you took a vote, and this was actually done, if you took a vote among scholars, so everyone agrees that this is nonsense, that this, there is no real scholar, unless there's some living on a, on a mountaintop somewhere in, in a desert. Everyone knows that this text is, Josephus didn't write it. Origen very specifically says in, in his commentary on the book of Matthew, chapter 10, section 6, Origen specifically says that Josephus was a Christian. Okay? So he couldn't possibly have written that. So then what, so in, it was always understood to be a complete forgery. But then what happened is people are trying to say, well, maybe we can do something a little ecumenical here and say, if, what might have there been something that Josephus wrote, he, and then there was a lot of stuff added on to it. So, so that was an idea that started to develop. And 40 years ago, people, the vast majority of scholars would say that thing never existed. It's a complete interpolation. No one mentioned it. I mean, and they were, they were quoting Josephus up and down. Um, but now there's kind of an ecumenical wind in the scholarly world. And the ecumenical wind goes, well, maybe we can say that there is a, a stripped-down version of that, a core skeletal version of that, where it just says there's a man named Jesus who people followed when thinking he's the Christ. So what they did is they, there's no, they didn't find a manuscript that says that. What, what they did is they said, well, what can we take away from this, cut away, until we can get to something that Josephus could have said without being critical. Do you get what I'm just saying? That's not historical theology, that's just being ecumenical. That's being ecumenical. Uh, it's just saying, well, let's get along and say that there was some sort of skeletal thing that... The question is, why are they being so ecumenical now? Why are scholars of the ancient world and, and New Testament scholars, who most are quite... I don't want to say most. I didn't do a survey of this, but a great deal of New Testament scholars in the world are very liberal, and many, many of them are not Christians, by any stretch of imagination. Why would they start to support this kind of thinking? That maybe there was this. Why would they want to do that? Well, what's the incentive today to say? Well, maybe there was some skeletal part of Josephus, and the whole thing isn't true. Maybe a little bit of it is true. They actually voted on this multiple times, and you go back in time as you go further back, scholars are willing to dismiss it. Now they're going. Maybe there was some some relic of that was the case. Why would be the influence? The influence is, is the mythicism that's becoming very. Um, uh, become very dominant, and that is that Jesus never existed. And that Christian scholars don't like. Even if they're, they identify as atheists, agnostic, they do not like, the, they really can't stand the notion that there was no subversion of Jesus, or just nothing remotely, just nothing like that happened. So therefore, why can't they do it? I mentioned this last night, is New Testament scholars, I'm talking about totally liberal, agnostic and some of the most well-known Christian scholars in the world, New Testament scholars in the world, are agnostic. Just don't believe in anything. But they, if, you, if you say he never existed, they, get very, they, they don't like that. And they actually, some of them write books showing why Jesus had to have lived, why he was a historical figure. And the reason is because if you say that Jesus never existed, that means they're, they're, um, their whole lives devoted to Bugs Bunny. It means their whole lives is a complete waste. They're trying to find out who's the true historical Jesus, who they admire. See, so that's why they that and that the, it is so. Therefore, what's happened is is there's been this push of mythicism that Jesus never existed, is has become more uh, in vogue, and th and therefore 
even the agnostic New Testament scholars are pushing against that and saying, okay, we'll, we'll give you a little bit on Josephus. And that's why that shift has happened. It's sort of a, do you follow what I'm saying? So more of Josephus was, was considered people who would have never considered it 50 years ago because of the mythicists saying, well, maybe there, there is some skeletal part of it. But the answer is no, no one, no one said a word about it. It's true. I mean, he might even be listened to. It's true. That's true. That means that what would happen in the academic world is if you were a New Testament scholar and you said that Jesus... That means when they say never existed, usually it's not meant that there was absolutely nothing and just a composite personnel. There are people who advance that. But usually it's like there's just, there was just some guy who was in, in the Galilee who was just you know, whatever and... You know, and, and just they made all this out of him. There's just no relationship at all. There's n- virtually nothing. So, right. But if you said that, you would never get a job. And and if you said that after you had tenure, you would be marginalized completely. So there's enormous incentive not to. But I don't think that's the reason. I think the reason really is that that they have spent all their lives studying these texts, studying the writings of the church fathers. You know, reading, studying, teaching, and that means their life has been a complete. Waste. They made an idiot of themselves. They're studying, you know, but, you know, who's Casper the Friendly Ghost really? They don't want that. Th- so it means their life is meaningless. And that, it's not that these are not bad people. It just, that can't be. I can't. So they're very biased. Agnostic New Testament scholars are biased. What I mean is there's enormous incentive for them to say that Jesus actually existed. And in fact, what I'm trying to do is trying to discover who the real Jesus is. Okay, that means you know, discovering the historical Jesus. That's not Christology. Discovering the historical Jesus, if you take, you know, and so on, that would be important. So you might have um, John Dominic Crisant. He, he certainly does not believe in the resurrection or anything like that, but he certainly would believe that a person like Jesus did exist. He's, a, I mean, a great man, a brilliant man, I love him. But, uh, I'm just giving you my reflection. I, this is just my reflection on watching this and trying to put it, assemble it all together. But um, this is not about um, worshiping the true God of Israel. It's, a, it's about, you know, just like what would motivate them. The answer is there is, there is there is no contemporaneous text that would support it. If there were, it would not, wouldn't be relevant.